0: Wednesday, it's time for music and singing and Game of Owns. Ha 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 ha. Those two very real laughs from the both of us. Micah did not laugh. He's the other guy that's here no. with us today. Well,
1: Micah, all you've got to do is to check out an image that we got over Twitter if you're finding the laughs hard to come by. And okay. Did, did you see that image that we were sent uh, with the caption, camel hug? <laughs> I'm looking at it right no, now.
2: No, I have not. Let me go to uh, my phone here for a second, and I will bring it up. And I look will up this, Look Look up this
1: camel hug. It is it is hump day. There are more camels than usual mm-hmm. uh, just around hugging people.
0: We're Game of Owns. Thank you for listening. It's a, a podcast we make. It's a show. You're listening. That's true. I think you are.
1: Yes, to all of uh, you who've listened before, you know the drill. Welcome,
2: Welcome back. The Five
1: stars is acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> this is really, we're doing an episode in reverse. This is the Benjamin Button episode.
2: I love that movie. That is one hell of a camel
0: hug. It really is. And I feel See? like... They're so nurturing and nice, and who would ever eat their
2: balls? They do spit, though.
1: This is uh, all the way out to Kenda Griffey. Uh, Kenda Griffey, who sent this in. It actually looks kind of like, I don't know, kind of like Micah, but it looks like his his head is missing and has been replaced by a camel. I
0: swear to God, Eric, I was thinking the exact same thing until I saw the... uh right arm and i thought eh, mike is not really that hairy but it kind of looks like him with the hoodie and the uh adidas pants
1: yeah well whatever in camels have mode. such long necks that they use them to hide. i mean i wonder if this is like really genuinely a camel showing a sign of affection look at his Either
2: eyes that or he's going in for the kill <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> strangle that poor man to death like an look at his eyes. Yeah, you're right. Ice Cube. Like
1: camels is it just me or do camels like look naturally like they're wearing like Eyeshadow and eyeliner.
0: Nothing wrong with that. You ever seen a giraffe? Those beautiful eyelashes. Yeah, so they're
1: kind beautiful. They're like giraffes, actually. Huh.
0: And the other camel. I swear, we'll talk about Game of Thrones in a second. But that other camel, uh, to his left, the camel's left, our right. He's so happy about him being friends with
2: a human. Look at him. Like, oh, Greg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe he knows something. Maybe maybe he knows that the other camel is about to kill the guy. Oh no! Thanks
2: to uh, Kendra for sending that in. We always appreciate uh, camel humor. On the show. and
1: Just remember that uh, a camel is one-third of our sigil here at Game of Owns. That's um, true. We haven't quite figured out if they're one the third? game or the of and or the owns. Uh, Micah, I was thinking the other day that uh, the third would be a dragon, and I forget exactly why, but I, trust me, it made total sense to me at the time. A
0: three-headed camel dragon. Maybe
1: it was because the thing had three heads, and I was thinking a sigil should have three parts. Maybe, um... So, How does the yeah, bear have,
0: fit into all of that, though? The body of a bear, the the, the head of a three-headed camel dragon. <laughs>
1: it's man-bear-pig. It's
0: a bear with a camel hump and Man-bear-pig. Yeah. Owl so Gore, we have pig get in here.
1: introduced Winter Drew, as his name will be. As oh, in, God. But uh, but Winter Boo and Winter Koo have both made appearances on the show before. Hey, guys, you know, we got a Theon chapter this week, and I don't want to delay any further before we talk about the final Theon chapter of Clash of Kings and how different it was in the show.
0: It was very different, and I thought no better way to start it off than from the last comment at this current time as we're recording on our latest Monday episode of WinnersComing.net. From House Martell, it says, Been waiting for the next chapter for some time. It dawns on people what we are dealing with from here. Looking forward to hearing the reaction intently. So they're listening intently right now, at least House Martell is. So that's that's a good bunch of people.
2: That's good, yeah. They're doing some recon early on oh the... Uh... In the reread
0: here. The reread. Well, let me just say this. I am surprised. I feel almost as surprised as if I would have just walked away from an episode of the show and we were coming in to record. I read it very recently, and just the boldness of what happened at the end of this chapter, it would have given away things that happened in season three, obviously, so I understand why they didn't do that in the show. But it was just like, well, hell, this could have been almost the last chapter in the book, and it would have just been, holy shit, I cannot wait for this cliffhanger.
1: Well, the thing that that really uh, was brought forward for me is the memory of doing this episode uh, and, you know, kind of talking about it on the show. And when Theon gets knocked out, uh, Micah, I think, was like, oh, man, he's in so much trouble. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, I don't really see that, man. I I just uh, I think his men didn't trust his leadership to get them out of. You know, they were being sieged from all sides, but I don't see any reason to believe he won't just wake up and then continue commanding his men once they're out of Winterfell. I, of course, didn't know that he was in such bad hands as the hands of Ramsey Snow here.
0: Well, I knew the Northmen were outside of the gates of Winterfell from the show, and right. I honestly didn't really expect to see that happen in this way, but uh, George's version. Is obviously the best version. It makes the most sense. Roderick is coming back with the men that were gone due to Theon's distraction, and they're ready to make shit happen. So they've got the Car Starks. I mean, it's 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 a big selection of people. There's a host outside that are basically knocking at Winterfell's door, saying, "All right, Theon, I know you've got like 17 people in there, half of which <laughs> don't really care anything that you're saying. Uh, what are your terms? I'm going to go ahead and let you talk, but you do realize we could beat you, and it's just it's bad." It's bad. I mean, it it changes. It's different than what we saw on the show, but it's so much better. Like, ah, I almost wish they would have done it this way because it's so epic, like how it happens. Imagine that captured on screen with the the knock to the face. It's just so good.
2: Well, the first thing that actually came to my mind when I was reading through this chapter was it's almost very much like what happens for the Lannisters and specifically Cersei and and Tyrion, really, Mm -hmm. uh, that Tywin is able to come – to the aid of his family and save them just in the nick of time and I feel like that's a bit what happened here with Theon you know he's saved literally in the nick of time and he is not a character that anybody really likes with the exception of maybe one host on this show. <laughs> it just really kind of makes you that much more upset that he's able to get away uh, with what he's done. And he's able to still one-up the the Starks and the, the people who, uh, you know, have, have sworn their allegiance uh, to the Starks. And it's frustrating as a reader because he's this slime ball, and yet he's been one-upped by an even slimier ball. And now that slimier ball is ruling on. in Winterfell. And who knows what? is going to happen to Theon but I don't know that many people actually care well I I can say
0: that I
2: really wasn't cheering when when Theon
0: you're saying it's different because we really don't like Theon and I, I don't think it's the same for the Lannisters the level of dislike but Theon definitely has earned his place on a lot of people's shit list you know I wasn't cheering when he was saved in this chapter, but I, I definitely wasn't disappointed that he was saved, if that makes sense, because it's hard to root against the guy when you're inside of his head and inside of his chapter, you know? Yeah. It, it's kind of it's kind of difficult to, to think badly of him while you're reading in his head, even though he's doing all these really, really stupid things, and he's a bad character, and yeah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. he's
1: disagreeing with people, other characters we like, like Meister Lewin.
0: Right, and they're giving him good advice, like, hey, Theon, and it, and it was just like it was in the show. He basically gives him a heart-to-heart during all this nonsense. Oh, Yeah. Sad we didn't have the horn blower. And
1: still fully believing that the kids are dead. um, You know? Still comes up to Theon and is like, hey man. And he gets no respect. Theon does not respect his elders. And this is a point of contention right at the beginning of the chapter.
0: I wish they would have shown the shot though when they were on the battlements and looking at the host. Because if that would have been in the show, so much more of a perspective would have been given and like you yourself wouldn't have had to really question how large is the threat outside the walls. Like the men knocked him out. Sure. Did they just all sneak away and wanted him to get his nose out of it because they didn't want to fight? You know, I I think a little bit of context, I know it would have cost more money, but a little bit of context would have really greatly improved the situation. Because I think there's a lot of people that may have walked away from that being slightly confused as well. I think that's why the horn blower was put in the show to kind of show like they're they're such a big host, they're out there blowing horns and it's some real Lord of the Rings <laughs> scale kind of shit, you know?
1: Well the hornblower, are we meant to believe he was uh the bastard of Bolton? I don't think so.
0: I mean he oh, does right. have the horn in the uh in the scenes forward and he like rocks him across the face with it right before I'll his kill that castration man scene. <laughs>
1: if it's the last thing I do. Right.
0: So I mean, is it him? Who knows? Right in, tell us your thoughts.
1: Yeah, yeah, is that him? Um I mean the thing that kind of confuses me though is kind of the fate of winterfell and after this book i mean we haven't read book three but seeing season three and all the starks be separated from winterfell i kind of really want to know what's next for it i mean with it supposedly succumbing to flames or what's going to happen i I just i don't really remember necessarily what what happens after this point in the series?
2: What I find to be the challenge really moving forward, uh, and and clearly we'll get some perspective from Bran uh, in the next book. But the one thing that the TV show did was it really pulled in a lot of storyline that is beyond the next book. And, you know, not to spoil anybody here, but Theon is not a point of view character in the next book. and. I'll just leave it at that without going into any further detail.
1: Well, I mean, you can say like I've I've heard this too that really Theon storyline from this part in book two, like halts, is picked up in like book five. Yeah. Like, were they not pulling from book five to do season three's Theon stories, like you know, to figure out kind of what happened with all that crap? So, right, no, that, that is, that's that to true. Me is shocking. I'm glad that. Theon was obviously still a big part of season three. Um, but it really seems like for certain characters like Theon, we're lucky or they're really reaching far ahead to give us kind of what's happening now uh, or next.
0: I think it's kind of a neat mechanic, though, because from what I've been told about the next few books, they kind of share a similar timeline. So they were able to keep, you know, one of the bigger actors in the show and they were able to keep his storyline going. And I think that with the sacrifices that they're having to make from a character and content standpoint, by the time mid-fourth season, the beginning of fifth season rolls around, maybe it'll be lined up in the context that it was always meant to be.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the major things, though, is that in the book you have Ramsay Snow, Ramsay Bolton, who has been with Theon you know, throughout the course of this sacking of Winterfell and has really been a right-hand aide to him. And has really played him for a fool. Yeah. And, you know, he was there throughout the hunt for Brandon Rickon. He came up with the idea of using the, uh, the local farmer's, uh, young children in place of Brandon Rickon. And now he was able to really, you know, ride out and fool Roderick Cassell and, and the other men, take them by surprise, come back, you know, with his own men and 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 reclaim winterfell and now theon is in a position that we don't really know what his fate is going to be you know he he could tell really there's that moment where he could tell in the way that the conversation was going between himself and ramsey that okay this guy actually he might be looking to do a little bit more here than what i initially anticipated and he's in a lot of trouble,
1: yeah, I mean it's it's he gets himself in deep. What I like about it is that in a chapter, you know, we go through this whole book watching all the bad things Theon is doing and how he's ungrateful. Now he's only trying to oppress his father, but he's doing a shitty job of it, and he's killing some kids and all this other stuff. But then you introduce Ramsey Snow, who's been with him the last couple of Theon chapters, and this is some premeditated shit here where Basically, f- after faking his own death, this Ramsay character posed as reek, came and befriended Theon, learned all about who he is, learned all the tactics, was a confidant, was his leader in battle, essentially, gained his trust, only to turn it around. And he, he does the same with the Cassells in this chapter by posing as their allies and then slaughtering his men, like, and getting in there. He has no honor. He has no rules. He may call himself Ramsay Bolton, but he's behaving like a bastard. And he's behaving <laughs> and he's behaving he's behaving like a bastard and he's behaving like a monster that he is and an animal and frankly George has given us via the Theon chapters a character that we like to hate more than Theon.
0: Yeah, I mean Ramsay Snow really just I I'm blown away by this chapter because I didn't see any of this coming even having the show's knowledge. I feel like what happened to Winterfell and its burned havoc, I finally have resolution to now because they kept it a mystery because they didn't want to spoil what was going to happen at the Red Wedding with the uh, with the Boltons turning mm-hmm. on the Starks.
1: Right, so they can't show a bad Bolton, right? Is that what you're saying? Ish.
0: I mean, I feel like this is still a bit debatable, but not really. There was a score of Northmen. And the Boltons, the men from the Red Fort, rode them down. You know, he brings his own contingent of men. This is what Ramsey was working on the entire time. He, as Reek, infiltrated with Theon, and then was like, hey, give me some money. I'll go get my people. I'll yes. get some friends to help. I mean, that's what they did. They came and helped. And so in this chapter, Theon is just almost cheering. He's like, sure, that girl you asked for, fine. And then that's when Ramsey changes his mind, picks a different girl. Theon says no. He gets backhanded with a, a gauntlet shatters his face and that's when the proverbial shit starts to happen and that's only really
2: the last paragraph of the chapter right and it is done much much differently in the show which was mentioned earlier and i think it served its purpose though I, i think having theon be the one who kills roderick cassell there that was really the no turning back moment for him you know once he does that it and yeah, you could argue him taking Winterfell in the first place is the no turning back moment, but I really think once he beheaded Roderick, that was it. in front of Brad, in front of Rickon, in front of Maester Lewin and everybody else who he had grown up with, the fact that he was so willing to do that and not and he does hesitate but ultimately ends up doing it, um, I think it served its purpose though. Uh and so, you know, the fact that it's Ramsay Bolton that does it in the in the book, uh, just goes to his character and how twisted of an individual he really is. Uh, and then, you know, Zach, you mentioned he attacks Theon, and then his men proceed to kill Theon's men and pretty much everybody else who's left uh, in Winterfell who is not um, willing to bend the knee.
0: I love this Swiss though. I really do. Like I, I know the outcome of what the Boltons end up doing, but prefacing it with the chapters that were that were just before and knowing what kind of mind Roose Bolton had and knowing what was happening at King's Landing and who was getting the titles and where and how it was all going down and with the Tyrells helping the Lannisters out now. The Boltons are kind of just just dishonorable, disloyal. Opportunists and for now it's working in their favor I'm interested to know whether or not there's ever any kind of retribution because I know George loves to write a real story and sometimes really
2: people get away with bad things right and and the full force of the blame can be put on Theon there's nobody that's going to be there to say if Ramsey Bolton you know, lets his father or lets others know what Happened at Winterfell. Well, Theon did all of this. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. be able to say otherwise. He can put all of it yeah. on on Theon's shoulders. And at the end of the day, it was really him. And you know, one thing that um, it was kind of mentioned in passing at the very end of the chapter was that you know, Maester Lewin takes a spear between the shoulders, and so we're left to believe that uh, he is no longer with us either. So you know, we lose kind of two pillars of Winterfell and that really the first book, you know, who helped not only raise Theon, but helped raise all the Starks and in, in Roderick and Maester Lewin. Yeah. This is still
0: the same Theon though, so it's hard to feel sorry for him. This is the aptly named Theon <laughs> Turncloak. This is the Theon that Threatened Roderick with his own daughter, Beth. You know, like this is the same Theon that basically has deserved what has happened to him. But I just think it's interesting looking at the whole situation uh, up until the Red Wedding with a large scale, knowing that these domino-like pieces, like the Starks losing Winterfell, is part of what shook the Boltons resolve. You know, the fact that they were able to pull this off, it Mm. shook them even further to do the ultimate turning point. Which was later on at the Red Wedding. You know, like if this wouldn't have happened, it maybe not would have happened at all.
1: Well, this wouldn't have happened if Ned were still alive. If Ned were around, they would never, st- he would never stand for this kind of betrayal of his Bannerman, whether it be the bastard of Bolton or Bolton himself turning on the Starks the way that he has. We saw him unsure a couple chapters ago. It's just, the world would be totally different without Ned. And, you know, they didn't even know to worry about the Boltons. Who, as you say, are opportunists and, and all that stuff in these chapters. Like, he was worried about John Aaron's death when right. he died.
0: It's so crazy because everything has just fallen into chaos now that Ned's yeah. gone. <laughs> chaos? Literally, who would have turned on the Starks? Who would have turned on the North if Ned Stark was still your liege lord? It's it's likely that not many would have. It's likely that no, the Boltons would have. But now they're
1: just like, hey, there's no man as, like, honorable ever left in the world, so we should just yeah. embrace the chaos I'm as we Just you mad. Said.
2: I just feel that the North is a bit cursed in a way. It, it just seems like that because I mentioned when we started having this discussion, the fact that it's so frustrating that it looked like Theon was done in and there was no way out for him. And then all of a sudden, even though it is the North betraying the North in a way, uh, the fact that here's Ramsay Bolton and his men and they come and they attack you know, Roderick and his men from behind, they or they, you kind of infiltrate under false pretenses. So, it's just it's just really annoying to me. And you know, one other thing I would say though is that don't directly connect Ramsey with his father because there is a big big disconnect in that relationship. So I don't
1: believe that. I don't believe that at all. I think there's a pretense of a, a disconnect, but I think really honestly they agree with each other. Maybe it's because of something that happens in. Season three, which can you really judge the T V show, but it seems like every time uh Roos gets update of what his son is doing, he is proud. Uh I don't know. That's just that's just the that's just how I saw it in the show. I don't know if you guys agree. Maybe it's I, th- I forget where he is. Maybe it's by the bear pit or something, somebody tells him what his bastard is up to, or he talks about his bastard. Like, even though we read a letter, you know, from apparently that was apparently from Roos saying my son was wretched and he's, or my, my bastard is, is wretched. He's a monster and he's out of control and it's a good thing he's dead. But that same letter said he was dead, you know? So it's like, well, clearly he's not, clearly not everything can be trusted. So I don't know. I, I like to think that Bolton and his son are, are in fact, you know, two birds of the same feather. They, they both have the flayed man, you know, as their sigil. <laughs> They haven't renounced, either his father. Yes, the slave man.
2: There's not <laughs> the same connection between Roose and Ramsay because, in fact, he is a bastard at the end of the day. So just keep that in mind. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, so what does Bolton want with the phrase?
2: He wants to set them free
0: whilst he burns the entire city of Winterfell. Hint, 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 hint.
1: See, that's what I'm telling you. Him and his father are, are in close correspondence.
2: Doesn't mean they like each other. Well,
1: he said they like each other. They're of the same mind, though. That uh, as soon as the dad decides to side with the phrase, uh, there he there is Ramsay pulling them out of burning, flaming buildings. So or buildings that are about to be set aflame.
2: Right. And what's important to note is we just read a few chapters ago, Bio um, you know, with Arya. That clearly the phrase are aware, right,
1: of, the of Stark betrayal, Of the
2: fact that promise um, from Robb Stark to Walter Frey is no longer being upheld. Yeah. It shows that there that the message is is out or the the word is out. Um but it's right now very subtle and not being explicitly stated um you know by George in his in his writing, but it's there. You just have to sort of read between the lines. Mm. 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 Well there's plenty of story moving forward.
0: We've only yeah. got a few chapters left of this book. And that's, uh, that's kind of sad and exciting at the same time. But I- I'll be honest, I'm almost more excited to start A Storm of Swords than I am for the next season. I know that that's blasphemy to <laughs> a lot of you guys <laughs> well, listening
2: to the show. Let's not wait. Let's start. Yeah.
1: Well, more on that <laughs> later, guys. But more right on that now, later. Let's owns. talk about Owens. <laughs> Owens. Um, I'm going to give it to ABC, uh, ABC, ABC, Beth Cassell for being Theon's last good, good plan. Um, last great Trump card, if you will, um, to show off. So isn't that against... really
2: for Theon?
1: No, it's not because I don't give a uh, owns to uh, <laughs> your little workaround to, 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 to point of view characters. Uh, the own goes to Beth Gazelle for being the last uh, would be Helen of Troy.
0: Okay, um, you know, sort of thing.
1: Going.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna give my own to Sir Roger Cassell for being a man of great honor, of, of valiant work. And I, it's my last chance to give it to you. You are not in the show anymore. Uh, you are not in the books anymore. <laughs> and you were one of my favorite characters starting out. You helped raise the Stark boys into what they are. Uh, you had a shine on Arya. You had a shine on all of them. So this one's for you, buddy.
2: Yeah, and your son. Well, Jory, yeah, well, Jory, yeah, absolutely. He got uh, messed up by those guards that were with the Kingslayers, I don't like or to was talk it the Kingslayer that. who did it himself? Makes me sad. My own of this chapter is going to George R. R. Martin. Okay. All right? All right. Uh, Roderick Cassell starts out by saying, For ten years you have been a ward of Stark. And then Theon says, Hostage and prisoner, I call it. Then Roderick responds, Then perhaps Lord Eddard should have kept you chained to a dungeon wall. Oh. It's always there. Yep.
0: We're going to take it to the phone lines, a.k.a. an email. And uh, a Mr. Jack McGraw emailed us, and he said, Hey, Goo Crew. I wanted to send in the rest of my owns for the remaining chapters. I was too anxious in my reread to wait, so I've already begun *A Storm of Swords* again. <laughs> so have I. That's awesome. Damn it! All right. Well, here's his Theon own. We won't read the rest. It goes. My own goes to serve Roderick for offering himself up in place of his daughter during the parley with Theon. It's interesting to see the Northmen, Sans the Boltons, really respect the agreements they're bound to in parleys, guest honors, etc. So far, the Lannisters' phrase. Boltons, in this chapter no less, and even Stannis, have all been violators of such honors. Stannis is a stretch, but killing your own brother on the same day as a meeting when you've agreed to wait until tomorrow to go to war counts for me. Uh, I agree. It's a good own. We're kindred spirits there, sir.
1: Well, if we transition from emails onto tweets, uh, we did hear from one, a Kevin Bloomfield on Twitter, who said, uh, as his own for this chapter... The Northern Army gets the own for having thousands of men and siege engines and yet still losing to a few hundred Bolton Wanderers. Well, I guess, I don't know if the Northern Army gets the own. I think the Bolton Wanderers get the own there
0: for that. This is debatable. I side with Maybe we're you. not
1: sure how owns work. But yes, I completely agree that was uh, an own moment.
0: I see what you did there, Kevin Bloomfield.
1: You know, that's um, that seems to be it for these uh, people who were a little reluctant. To send in their Theon owns.
0: We got one from Jen Wyman.
1: Okay, okay, I see this. I see this. Uh, Jen Wyman says, "Hope I'm not too late." No, you're not. Just in time. Saved by Zach. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure everything owns Theon in his last chapter. Uh, hashtag poor misguided idiot. <laughs> I just wanted to make you read that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Like I said, at least there's somebody I hate more than than somebody who can you can you you can and should hate. More than the end.
0: We're going to leave it up to you listeners to decide. We have a few days until our final episode of the week will be recorded. And I think that if we compound a bulk of your tweets, emails, comments, kind words, those things, I think that'll work out to lead you into the weekend with inspirational
2: voices of yourselves. Yes, as I head down to the Crescent City. Ooh,
1: Crescent City.
2: Very Crescent-like. Yes. As I check on iTunes, uh, which is a great place for listeners to leave their feedback and give us a nice rate and review. As Eric mentioned at the very top of the show, nothing less than five stars is acceptable uh, here in the month of January. And uh, we did get two uh, really great reviews. One here from Allie Tarwater, Mm, who says, Keeping it gooey, Always. Since 99. <laughs> wow. So I don't know if uh, Allie was born in 99 or if she's just – The rest of her review will give us the answer. Uh, this is by far my favorite podcast. I thoroughly enjoy the intelligent in-depth analysis of both the books and the show, making me appreciate George R.R. R. Martin's work all the more. I have and will continue to recommend Goo to my friends. Thanks for all your hard work, Goo Cast. Thank you for or- that. Email.
0: Thank you, Ellie. Was that a
2: review? Yeah, that's definitely a review.
1: Yeah, thank you, Ellie. We'd say stay gooey, but you've been doing it longer than we have.
2: That's true. Yeah, much longer than I. At least 15 years, which is really scary. She knows what she likes. Also got a review here from Lauren Lulu, who says, My goo review. Uh, I love this podcast. Uh, The hosts are clever and witty. I'm really enjoying listening to the read through of A Clash of Kings. I read all the books. I'm oh, sorry, I read all the books a few years ago, and now I am rereading along with the host. Yeah. It's better the second time around because the hosts do a fantastic job reviewing each chapter. Thank you. Uh, I feel like we're on the same page in regards to theories and owns. I also enjoy hearing what the other listeners' owns are. Keep up the amazing work. P.S. You should see the looks on my friends' faces when I tell them I listen to a podcast about Game of Thrones. After all, I'm a 44-year-old mother of four.
1: Yeah, girl. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: That's what I like to
1: hear. Tell your kids about us.
2: Maybe Allie is Lauren's daughter, if she's been keeping it real since 99. Oh, my God. Oh, I see the connection here. Yeah. yeah but Whole you know, that's families awesome, are giving Lauren. us
1: reviews now. Look at that. That's really
2: cool, though. We always enjoy hearing from you know sort of the wide range of listeners that we have.
1: No, it's very true. That's the coolest thing. On Friday, we have... Tyrion, Chapter 15 of Clash of Kings, for those of you keeping count.
2: One thing to play us out on is the fact that initially, and we may have mentioned it very briefly on the show, I think it was a show that Eric and myself did, that the Game of Thrones, uh, the exhibition, was going to be in New York City uh, for a very brief period of time, and that was just for people who subscribe to Time Warner Cable. Well, appears now, big news coming out today, the day we're actually recording Uh, this podcast, that it will be traveling to eight other cities around the world. So uh, if you happen to live in these cities, Eric does not, by the sound of it. No. What's that?
1: I do not live in Zurich, okay? I'm sorry. Zurich is not
2: on the list, Eric.
1: I've seen the list. I saw the list when they posted it, okay? And it was New York City for four nights. And then they leave the country. They're no longer in the U.S.
2: This is an international phenomenon, Eric.
1: <laughs> I respect that. Stay international. We have an international
2: audience, Eric. Stay internationally yeah. good. There's a very good chance that I might be attending said exhibition in the very near future. So I will keep you all posted. I promise. I will not be uh, intoxicated um, if I do. Why uh, don't you get another one time. of those pictures on the throne? I'll, I will try. I will try. So uh, I will be sure to. Uh, Give a full report if my if I'm able to make my way over to the uh, exhibition here in New York City. But the other place it is that it will be stopping: Mexico City, Austin, Texas. So it does come back to the U.S. Oh, arc.
1: South by Southwest is another country, though I don't really think of it.
2: <laughs> uh, Rio de Janeiro, Oslo, Norway, Toronto, Belfast, uh, where the dates are still TBD, and Vancouver. So uh, a very uh, interesting selection of cities, but uh, if you happen to be in one of those cities, I recommend you checking out uh, the Game of Thrones exhibition.
1: And Micah, if you do see Winter Boo when you go to the exhibition, give him a nice big camel hug.
2: Yes, um, if there is a live bear present at the exhibition, I will be sure to go up and hug it.
1: I'm Eric Skull, that's Zach Louie, and over there in the corner, Samuel Tarly. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you Friday.
0: All right, we'll finish all of that on Friday, shall we? Sounds good, Zach. Sounds good. I look Micah. forward to talking to you on Friday. Looking forward to talking to you, too, man. What about you, Eric? Looking forward to talking to any of us?
1: Yeah.